Why, hello, it is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal story on how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hear all about Wiz the MC and his journey over Zoom video. Wiz was born in South Africa, but raised in Germany. He moved to Germany around two years old, but he would jump back and forth. His dad was still staying in South Africa, so he'd stay with his dad a little bit, jump back and forth between South Africa and Germany. He didn't get into music or start rapping, I should say, until about 15 years old. He was big into shooting music videos and film and editing. He tells us the story of how he got into rapping Moving to Toronto for a little while after high school as kind of like a way to find himself and experience a different country and culture by himself. While he was in Toronto, that's where his music career really started to blossom. He talks about that a bit. Going back to Germany after his stint there and then actually moving back to Toronto for another year, just working on his music. By the time he gets back to Germany the second time... He ends up winning this contest, which scores him a slot on a festival. And from the festival, he landed his manager. He ends up flying back to Toronto. And on that flight is when one of his songs gets uh, playlisted. And he gets there and it's got hundreds of thousands of streams. We talk about getting signed to 10K projects over quarantine. The huge success of his song for a minute and all about his brand new EP that he just released called Where Silence Feels Good. You can watch our interview with Wiz on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, it'd be amazing if you follow us there and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd love that. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Wiz the MC. Right on, Wiz. Well, uh, my name's Adam, and uh, this podcast is about you, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the new EP you just released as well. Nice to meet you, Adam. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, you moved around quite a bit, from what I read. <laughs> born, mm-hmm. in South Af- uh, born in South Africa, and then you moved to Germany, and now you're in Toronto. Ye- yeah, quite quite all over the place. Okay, so well, right right now, I'm currently in Berlin. Actually, I've been <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you're in Berlin that. now. Right on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about your how you got all all over the place. So you're born yeah. in South Africa. Talk to me about that a little bit. Yes. Well, I was I was born in in Cape Town, 1999, and then quickly after, I moved with my mom and my brother to Germany, Lüneburg, small town. Okay. And um, yeah. And since then, I've been visiting Cape Town like every year instead of in COVID, mm-hmm. visiting my dad over there. So yeah, that's my, that's my home. Right on. How long were you in, in Cape Town before you moved to Germany? Two years. Oh, okay. So you're so, super yeah. young. So, yeah. Super young. Super young. But okay. over the years, I saw, you know, I, I grew up with a year distance, I guess, every year. Grew mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. Cause you'd go that you'd travel back and forth between Germany and South Africa. Exactly. Cape Town. exactly. Okay. Well, yeah, what's yeah. that like? I mean, how that must be such a culture shock between the two countries, I would imagine. Yes. And, and also no, just because like Cape Town always feels like home. Like every time I touch down there, mm-hmm. I just get this like immense grounding feeling. Cause like, although I didn't grow up there, like I didn't like went to kindergarten school. There's just like, I just believe like the place, like where you're born, there's like you know some spiritual connection to sure. you 
as a as a human, you know. So mm-hmm. it just it just feels like home every time I touch down. Right on, right on. When yeah. did you get into music? When I got into music, when I was like 15 years old, I think. Okay. Yeah, I started rapping around then. Yeah. And pr- prior to that, just uh, li- just a fan, avid fan of music, listening or. Just a fan. Like the the funny thing is how I got into music was through filmmaking. Actually, like oh, okay. my background is in photography and filmmaking, and I I made music videos like from the age of probably like twelve or thirteen to fifteen. And oh. when I shot my first music video, I remember it was for this uh, German rapper in my hometown in Lüneburg. I remember watching him like dance in his like to his own song you know and i was like that's the coolest thing ever you know mm-hmm. and ever since then i just like that seed got planted like i remember back then i was like i can't rap i can't you know but like <laughs> but that was like the the seed that started it all so it's it's funny and after then i just did everything i could to be in front of the camera instead of behind it you know mm-hmm. what what yeah. drew you to photography and film in the beginning do you remember boredom that's honestly, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think boredom is, is the root of all curiosity. And for me, I came across like uh, my creative expression. Like my mom had, like, you know, one of those old DSLR cameras. Mm-hmm. And so I picked that up, took pictures. And then I quickly became like the family's like um, vacation photographer. Like we would like sit around after it's like at the dinner table and we would like do like these, these, um, shows of the pictures and I would always carry a camera. So, uh, yeah, that's how I first started. And then what, you just started meeting people, your friends, like, how did you get involved with shooting music videos? That was like that, that rapper that I met, it was funny because I was just doing videos for myself and I was doing like, uh, fake music videos or like when we would be in Cape town, like I would just give my brother the camera and I was like a huge Kid Ink fan around that time. And mm-hmm. we would do like uh, remake music videos of, of the Kid Ink song. Like we would go locations. I pretend I'll be the rapper, you know? Oh, and, okay. and so, and I would always edit the videos, you know? Uh-huh. And so then there was a time in Lunaburg where I saw this rapper post like a video on Facebook. And I was like, I, I could do that way better than him, you know? <laughs> like that, it was his first music video. And so I reached out to a couple of people that I knew like, uh, that knew him and then I met him at a gym and um, and then I was like yo I shoot music videos I can do a better job than whoever did your first video and um, then I shot a couple of videos for him until he got signed so I also saw like the whole process from like doing street videos to him then getting recognition from like some industry people here in Germany he got signed I got dropped and I could focus on my music <laughs> you got dropped from the project just just like, like shooting his videos. He, could, he could have like budget videos and i wasn't good enough to like live up to a big budget video and uh, it was very it was you know it was uh yeah very mutual so it was like a good fit and i was and you're, you're fairly young at the time too i mean you said you're what yeah. 13 or 15 yeah yeah i was i was like uh 14 15 at the time or so when when he got he got signed yeah oh, wow oh, i'm <laughs> was he older like much older than you or same age as you? Yeah, I think I think three years, three years, two or three years older than me. Yeah. Okay. I, I was just one. I'm just picturing like you showing up to the gym where he's at to to talk to him about the video and being like, 
yeah, man, you're, you ever shot your video sucks or whatever. And like, you're like way younger than this guy. And he's probably like, what? Oh, okay. And then just like having that, just being a fly on the wall in that conversation was, would be probably pretty uh, entertaining. Yeah. The, the, the funny thing about like that gym situation was that I, I had just started my membership and I was very ambitious when I went to the gym. I, I thought I was, and so I got like the, I think it was like a one year or six month membership because it's cheaper. Right, if you right. Use it. Go all I, in, right. I went three times. <laughs> but one of, one of those times was like, you know, meeting you that scored the gig, right? Yeah. So it was, it was worth it. Good it paid for itself. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so funny how that is. It's like you, they tie you into like the full year. Like if you buy two years and then yeah. after that, it's January 5th or whatever. You're like, all right, I'm going to get the whole life thing together. Mm-hmm. It's a new year. Yeah. And then, you know, two, three weeks in, you're, eh, we got better things to do. <laughs> yeah. I think, honestly, I think it's set up by them that way. Like, I feel like they can sell those memberships so easily because of, like it sells on motivation and on like commitment to a better self. But they know that only maybe like 25% of the people follow through, which means they'll still have space for new people coming. You know? Oh, right. Yeah. They probably sell capacity like in the first month and they're like, right. well, nobody's going to sh- be showing up within, you know, exactly. March. Yeah. They'll just <laughs> double, d- double book the gym, just like they book double book flights, you know? Yeah. That's so funny. Um, okay. So once you decided to go in front of the camera, like how did you then get the courage to start writing you know, rap songs and stuff. Was that something you had already, were you like big into creative writing prior to that or trying to write poetry Um, or anything? Honestly, it was a very, I don't know. I would call it a simple transition on me getting into rap. It was a very realistic approach. I was just talking about it the other day. And um, it's basically, it was me and my friend Shaq. We were in my room and we were like just listening to some rap songs. and, And I asked him like, how did all these like rappers start out? Like they had to be trash at some point. Right. Mm-hmm. And so basically my, my thesis or idea was that like everyone had to be trash, you know? So let me be trash right now. And we just like, you know, downloaded a beat from YouTube and then like freestyled on it. And we shot a video that same day, just because I had a camera and the whole setup and I was, and then I fell in love with the whole, like playing a character and, and creating your own world. You could say whatever you wanted to, you know, at that time I was very big into just lying, like outright lying about my life and how cool I was or the things in my life. Like, I just thought that was like really dope. Like that you could just rap anything. And because of a rap beat, it, it can be true for you, you know, whoever listens, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you just like kind of write, write stories. But yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It's just cool, just like basic cool stuff that you can imagine like a 15-year-old rapping about when he's very influenced by American rap, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you did that for a while and then like what kind of like how did you get then to Toronto? Was that the next move? I mean, bunch of chapters in between, but Okay, well um, tell me about this. Yeah, let's let's keep going down the, the line here. I was a child um, that became. So I yeah. think like just just how I transformed as an artist or mm-hmm how I got closer to what I wanted to do with the music was that I came across Kendrick Lamar and J Cole. Mm-hmm. 
maybe a year into rapping or so. And I was just like, I remember watching the um, Swimming Pools music video for the first time. And I was just so amazed by like the, the, the theme and, and the topic, what he like rapped about that peer pressure, you know, like not wanting to give into that and just being like so conscious. Like I never heard conscious rap before that. And that really gave me goosebumps for several reasons. I mean, for one, you know, because Kendrick is, 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 is like the greatest at, at writing and putting his feelings down. And ever since that and digging into J. Cole's music, my goal has been and still is to like put down my feelings as accurately as possible into the music, mm-hmm. which yeah, was, was like a, a, just a general goal when I approached um, writing music and which I still have. And that kind of got me closer to then like who WizDMC became, you know? And I realized, oh, like, and then I started writing songs and I discovered like all these like, emotions that i wouldn't talk about because like if you're 16 years old you know and you you just have like kind of like guys you hang out with you know Mm -hmm. at least i didn't have those type of conversations about you know who i'm in love with what i'm thinking about when i'm alone feeling the peer pressure wanting to i don't know live a more conscious life wanting to meditate like stuff i was into at that time and so i had like music became you know my tunnel of expressing everything that I couldn't with the people around me, you know? So it, it became like my best friend, you know, like writing those things down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to be vulnerable with a group of guy friends. You're not going to be like, yeah, let's, uh, I'll sit around and talk about our feelings. Um, so right. <laughs> at 16, you know, maybe nowadays. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. But yeah, at 16, when home. you're in high school, like, yeah. in a way, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Was it hard to then, like, once you're coming up with the stuff at home and then when you had to translate it, like, when did you start being like, okay, I'm going to put this into to song? Or was that all kind of together within that same time period? It was, well, I started freestyling, like, for a good year or year and a half, I would, like, refuse to write. Like, my friends would be like, oh, you should, like, start writing. And I was like, no, like, I'll just freestyle, you know, because they also have examples of, like, you know, Lil Wayne or other mm-hmm. people just like, yo, I just freestyle. So that was kind of like the how I thought about myself in the early years when like I've really rapped really trash, but my flow was good. Like I think that was something I, you know, I actually had talent from the beginning. And so like my flow always felt better when I was freestyling. But then I saw the value in writing things down because I could think about the next rhyme. I could like think about the story, you know. And and then, you know, by like, I don't know, year two or so, I started just putting stuff on SoundCloud and you know. Yeah. Okay. So like with, I mean, just freestyling off the, was that just something you would do with, with your friends? Like you decided, Hey, like I can, I could freestyle. So you just started kind of doing it. And then you just kind of grew this, what, uh, like persona is like the guy that can rap at school. Kind of not, not in school. In school, I was, I was, I was just the class clown. Like I didn't okay. introduce the, the rap, the rap me up until late into school. Cause I just, I don't know. It's yeah. Okay. <laughs> But um, it's it's funny when you ask like that persona of, of being the kid who raps or freestyles because so I started rapping at the end of 2014 in the summer of 2015 I was rap like we me and my friends like the no homes we would always meet in my room and we would like smoke weed and, and freestyle and rap you know mm-hmm. and we did that the whole summer of 2015 and then after that summer, everyone kind of went back to their lives. And I just found myself like later that year writing music. And I just like looked up and I was like, Oh, I guess I like this. You know, I guess it's more than just me doing it with my friends. And that was also around the time when I like YouTubed how to rap better than, 
your friends like oh, wow. <laughs> you know there's videos for everything I that put, had to become i learned everything from youtube it's like <laughs> it's so crazy like, I put that in and then i followed the instructions like i would listen to this guy who would like teach you how to freestyle how to get like infinite words and all this uh, trippy stuff until i was the kid who rapped better than their friends you know and yeah <laughs> and then what how would you find beats to put under the the songs or were you, you writing those yourself youtube, YouTube. All, all okay. type beats like anything i was into i put tiger type beat out to young thug type beat out to you know j cole type beat like yeah and then you started putting these songs up on soundcloud soundcloud youtube in 2016 i put out like my first music uh, music video open my facebook page like i was fully committed you know like i remember like making the plan end of 2015 i was like 2016 i want to start it i forced my brother to shoot the music videos for me and uh yeah and that's when i put the stuff out and then even like on on um i found TuneCore where you can mm -hmm. you know upload stuff to spotify and, and the rest and like i kind of illegally uploaded songs because i didn't pay for the beats which i only realized later when right. i yeah but you know gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> yeah when you're young and you didn't and you're first starting out you probably wouldn't know that you have to you know pay yeah. pay the people that wrote the beat and then yeah getting well, it all cleared and all that stuff yeah. uh well so at this point are you still in germany when all this is happening all okay. in germany yeah okay and so you're releasing songs in soundcloud and do you get some traction that way or like how do you event uh end up in toronto uh no 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 traction on the on the soundcloud stuff i think the highest views i had back then was like maybe 90 streams on soundcloud and when i when i felt like my music was getting heard it's funny it was in this one class uh my crush at the time well she was a long time school crush she said that she like saw my music on soundcloud like a friend must have told her that i rap but i i would you know I, I wasn't the rap persona like so i was like kind of geeking out you know i was like you know just like oh, i saw that stuff and it was like really trash freestyle so i thought like <laughs> that's, that's dope you know like my uh -huh. crush that i rap you know like so maybe it's, uh, that's that's some some points you know sure um, but no it was like I was like uploading to soundcloud for like two years uh then youtube for two or three years and then i went to toronto after high school which the story is so odd like i sometimes don't believe it when people ask me like why toronto you know like because it, it makes sense looking at it you know toronto is a big big city lots of music but mm -hmm. the reason why i went to toronto was really like i had money saved up for a trip after high school and i found a cheap flight <laughs> like I was, I literally like one day I was just sitting in my room because I knew I was going to plan a trip and I thought of Canada. So I Google Canada and then I saw Toronto, the city looked like super hype. And so I just checked the flights, you know, how, how you mm -hmm. do it, you're kind of planning for something. And then I saw a round trip for like 450 bucks and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll book it. And yeah. So you went to Toronto as just like a vacation type, like yeah, holiday well, after school? It was, it was kind of just like, it was a two month trip that I planned oh, okay. and, mm -hmm. and I, I was inspired by two of my close friends who took trips after school. Like, um, one went to Jamaica and one went to, I think Brazil or so like alone. And mm -hmm. they were like, they came back and were like enlightened. Basically they were like, you, if you can go, go somewhere outside of this country, ideally outside this continent and travel alone, you know, cause like they just really found themselves in a, in a different way. So I was like, I was, you know, I was in. And so mm -hmm. can, uh, Toronto was that for me. And um, yeah, and then 
after I then mean you, move, you you fly back to to Germany at this point. Did you have well, that experience too? I'm curious. So we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. But, <laughs> I'm ahead of myself here. <laughs> um, no, I'm just remembering because like I haven't told the full story uh, in a in a bit. Well, I'll tell you like the the part where I arrived in Toronto. So I was I was living in this hostel. You know, I had a I had a hostel booked for three days. I don't I don't know what. Like I had a two month trip and I had the hostel booked for three days. I was like, I guess. I know. And on the, on the third day, I knew, okay, on the second day, I knew, okay, after tomorrow, I don't have a place to stay. I couldn't extend the hostel because it was like summer was booming. Every hostel was full, you know? And so I go outside with my camera at the time. And I was like, let's see who I meet today, you know? And I walk down the street of the hostel and I see these, I see these, um, like slightly older guys like play basketball on the street. And, and I, I have a background in basketball. So I was like, yo, do you guys uh, trying to play basketball or whatever? And they said like, no, we just like, they were just like dribbling and I don't know, fooling around, around on, this, yeah. on this, the street. And then my, my entrepreneurial spirit came up and I had my camera and I took pictures of them. I was like, look, like check the pictures. They were like, oh, that's dope. Like we're from the, we're from the States. Like uh, they were in college basketball. They were like, like you could like, then one guy was like, do you want to shoot like our, our games, you know, like shoot some content for our games. I was like, bet, you know? And then I, then he gave me his number. And before I was like about to take off, he was like, do you smoke? You know, do you smoke weed? And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And then, so I, I go with them and I smoke my very first blunt, like backwood blunt with them. And I moved in the next day with them. And I, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. and, and, I, and I also just had to, had to like start a good relationship with one of the guys, uh, JT from uh, Chicago. And so he, yeah, we became friends. I had like my whole mic set up. So yeah, it was, it was beautiful because I could live there for free because I shot the content. Like I kind of made a deal with the coach. So mm-hmm. I would like shoot their games and edit stuff for them so that I could live there for free. And that mm-hmm. was kind of like my first month in Toronto, you know? So already there were like signs that kept me in the city, you know? And uh, I felt, yeah, some sort of support. Yeah. You know? yeah like welcomed there. Mm-hmm. And so you were there for a couple months and doing this basketball thing, shooting stuff. Yeah. And then you're what you, you had your mic there. So you're recording songs and, as well. And, yeah. And I was recording stuff and, um, shooting music videos, you know, to uh, that guy JT out and he would shoot music videos for me. We would have like, we would, we recorded a whole mixtape together <laughs> Whoa. In, in that month, you know, like I was doing everything I possibly could, you know, to just get, you know, my face and, and name out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then as the time passed, I, uh, I, I got kicked out of that Airbnb after they left back to America and then I was alone and I only knew like three people and I called two up. They didn't answer. And the third guy was someone I met like a couple of days earlier who ran this theater in Toronto and he had like an artist house. And so I hit him up and I was like, can I uh, like stay at your place for a bit? I just got kicked out of this place. And he was like, sure. And I moved in and I ended up getting like a super cheap room for like 300 Canadian bucks. And I made music from there. And there were like a bunch of artists in that house. And I ended up staying like for four months in oh, that wow. house. But just because it was like so cheap, like there was like no reason to leave. And I like the I had like a six month like visa for that time. Mm-hmm. And I knew by the end of the six months, like I have to come back. Like I learned like like the 
the, the guy who I lived with, like he taught me how to like poster and promote my shows. And so I would post to the city in Toronto. And uh, that's, that's a whole another aspect of the, of the whole thing. I'm, I'm going on a tangent, but like, no, that's, no, no. So um, you were playing shows <laughs> and everything there too. So what you, yeah. you started building like a fan base for yourself in Toronto. Yeah, well, well, the, well, the, the, the part about that is like, there were no fans. Well, I would, I would market myself and I would sit on the porch, like off this little theater where I would have like my show set up and there would like, weeks on weeks no one would show up sometimes like one person would show up with like a beer in their hand and they saw the poster around the corner they were like let me check it out you know and 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 the thing like my mentor the guy who 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 ran the house he gave me very good advice he was like never undervalue your art like my entry price was 20 bucks you know and no one knew me like 20 bucks is like a regular concert if you think about it you know right because he was like if you put five bucks people think it's not worth it like if if they would come they they like they think like oh i don't know if i'm going to pay attention or whatever or they don't come at all you know and so he said don't don't make it too cheap like make it a price where when they come in they have expectations meaning you have to deliver you know mm-hmm. and i live by that motto that whole time so i i would have a 45 minute set prepared if one person showed up two people or five people and that's what i did like for months on end you know like i really yeah i sat there when no one showed up and that was like my i feel like my start into becoming an artist you know mm-hmm that, I mean, that makes sense. It really does. When you think about it, if you saw a ticket or you're walking by a theater, and you're like, oh, this guy's five bucks. You're like, ah, you're either like this guy. He's not probably not worth my time to, to get in and watch this. It's like, yeah, it's five dollars. But, you know, that's an hour of my time that I'm going to have to waste right. if I right. wanted to go check this person out. But if it's like 20 bucks, then it's like, oh, well, who's this? Right. So they, right. You know, they're, they're playing here and it's twenty dollars. They must be legit. Right. You're right. thinking like right. already you're getting thoughts in your head right. as far as that goes. Yeah, I love that. I've heard that before. I love that idea. Yeah, and it, it, it and it makes sense. And it's just like also, I think you think about yourself differently, like when it comes to respecting your art, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, yeah, that that really helped. Interesting. Another interesting thing that happened with these posters was like, in the mornings, like around six, seven a.m., I would poster around the city, like the main streets in Toronto, mm-hmm. like my face usually, and then like a quote or something and I would switch it up like every week. And it was funny because like in the afternoon, I would sometimes hang out at a thrift store or just be downtown in Toronto. And people would recognize me from the posters as if I was a tour as if I was a touring musician. And like I had I had like a promo company putting this stuff up. And I, would always, and I would always play along, you know, people like sometimes like it was, it was people would sometimes tweet. And I was like, yo, I saw with DMC at the thrift store, you know? And I had like 16 followers you know but like to them because they saw it like that they saw posters you know they were maybe from out of the country Mm -hmm. and so that's like that was like my first entry into like learning marketing and uh, guerrilla marketing so yeah that's awesome so you take pictures with the people like (laughs) sign autographs at the poster (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) well they they got to you early right now you've got a huge fan base and uh, you know millions of streams and Look what, yeah. So they obviously knew they, they felt something ahead of time. Yeah. 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 They were the first ones there. Um, with that though. So you were there for four months, you did those shows and then what was the next kind of, what was like the next big, you know, milestone moment for you? Was that after you had gone back to Germany? 
the next the next milestone was like I went back to Germany, super excited about what I had experienced in these six months, you know. Mm-hmm. And now to your point of like, was my trip out of the country like an enlightening one? I would say yeah, completely. Because what I realized for me, it was a very specific thing where I had this this artist, this rap persona, kind of tucked inside of me, you know. Like I was I was never the type. Or at that time, at least, I wouldn't be around my family and I'll be like, I'm going to be a rich, famous rapper. Like, I don't care what any of you say, you know, I Uh kept that to myself and I expressed that in the studio and just in my own manifestations, you know. And but when I came to Canada quickly, like after two or three times of saying my real name, which is Sanila, I realized that people had a tough time saying it. And then so I was living with these basketball players from the States. Right. And they knew my artist name. And so they started calling me Wiz. And I was like, that's way easier to like introduce myself as. Mm-hmm. And so that Toronto was where Wiz was born. You know, then I just was like, what's your name? Wiz, Wiz. Oh, Wiz, you know, interesting name, you know? And I was like, yeah, I do music, you know, what's your, what's your artist name? Wiz MC. So like me as a person, like I was directly connected to the music. And so I was the musician. I would like, it didn't matter how big or small I was. That's all I did. And that's how I came to, to Toronto, you know? Mm-hmm. And in that way, I, uh, I just grew this, this immense self-confidence in my art and in myself that like in Canada, I was whiz. Like it was almost weird coming back to Germany and everyone just calling me a real name, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah. like, and so it was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so uh, I knew I wanted to come back. I wanted to build out whiz. I wanted to bring that even further, you know? And so I got uh, a work visa for a year, uh, a year work visa. I worked at a coffee shop and, played open mics on the side and that was my hustle for a year and um yeah and after and, and then basically after a year or so of doing that i like i think a year or two and then like my first song got playlisted like i'm obviously skipping a bunch of steps but a year got a song got playlisted on spotify while i was still releasing music independently in when you were in Toronto or after you, so you went back to Toronto, correct? Is that yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I, and then after so that, I, were you kind of still jumping back and forth after that year had happened or during that year? Did, is this when you got playlisted? So, okay, wait, just, just also to, to make the timeline clear for myself. I was, uh, I was like a half a year in Toronto, went back uh-huh. to Germany for half a year, then went back to Toronto for an entire year. Mm-hmm. And that's when I worked as a barista and, and, and played open mics and stuff like that. And just, just build out my, my network and, and friends over in Toronto mm-hmm. and nothing happened with Spotify. Then I just like kind of grew a local fan base because I was, I was playing like little, little shows that I was invited to. Cause I met some people out of the, the arts and music community mm-hmm. and they were very welcoming. And so I would just show up to any event I could and I would, I would play, I'll play shows there. Honestly, when you, when I think of milestone moment, milestones, moment, milestone moments, <laughs> there was this one moment I was working as a barista and this guy, like I was, I was in, in a full apron and this guy comes running into the, in the coffee shop. He was like, yo, Wiz, Wiz, it's so crazy to see you here, man. I was just listening to your music. Like I'm a big fan. You know? And I was like, that's crazy. Like, you know, I, there wasn't any, sign of that online you know i maybe had like i don't know 
few thousand followers, you know, and, you know, a couple hundred or maybe thousand listeners a month on Spotify, you know, mm -hmm. and that was really crazy to be like, whoa, you know? Yeah. I like somebody really, recognized me from my music and actually came around yeah. to, to talk to me about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. That is big. Yeah. That was insane. And, uh, well, everything... You obviously have a huge record with four minutes. Is that the one that got playlists that you're talking about? Or is this even prior to that? That was, that was after that was, okay. That was the, the craziest playlist playlist it. So, okay. but, um, no, it was, it was do what I want, do what I want at the end of 2019. Mm -hmm. That was, that was, I have to jump back even cause I was, I was in Berlin. I was in Berlin in 2019. Mm -hmm. I was, um, I did this uh, was a rap contest in, in Germany where you could like hand in your rap verses and then you got voted in or out like through oh, Instagram okay. sharing and stuff like that. And I, and I basically like won the first round. And so I got invited to the festival and, and played, played on a stage there. And then also won won like the, the rap, not battle, but like performance. Oh, amazing. And that, and that was, was in Berlin? That was, well, the festival was somewhere, out, I don't even know where it is. Just like some place where festivals are outside the city, you know? Okay, well, yeah, in Germany. <laughs> but in, in Germany, yeah. Okay. That was okay. also around the time when I met Jacob, my manager. Okay. We've, been working, we've been working together since then, which has almost been, what, 2022? Three years now. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was really crazy because he, like, we known each other, had known each other for like a few weeks before that festival <laughs> went down. And then I still don't know the, like, I don't still know how he made it, but like, basically he was working at a fry stand at that festival, you know? And so I knew he was going to be there. That was before we like officially worked together. I still haven't asked him honestly why he was at the fry stand. Was it like after he found out I was going to play the festival or he had the gig before to just be around like the festival, you know? Yeah. And um, so he was basically just there at like very pivotal moments, you know, and he was supporting and he was just watching what I was doing. And yeah. And after, after that and a few other releases and he was like in, and then we started working together. Mm -hmm. And then on my flight back to Toronto, like a literal overnight success, like my, my first song got playlisted. Like I landed in Toronto and I had like hundred thousand streams. Whoa. And it was like crazy. Yeah. And so, and this is still in 2019. So the, the pandemic hasn't hit at this point. No, no. Okay. So we're coming up on that though. When, what happened then? So 2019 do what I want, got playlisted. Mm -hmm. Then after that, by the way, it's really, it's really cool to tell the whole story. Like it, it's taking, it's taking me like through the whole, through the whole stuff. It's, I haven't done that in a while. Um, so then I had like, uh, two or three other singles that made a new music Friday, like my first new music Friday. And by the end of the year, there were just a lot of emails from labels. Mm -hmm. And, um, then by January, 2020, I released a project with my homie Hugo from Berlin here called growing teeth, mm -hmm. like 10 songs. And we got support from the DSPs for that too. And by that time, um, basically every label in the States had hit the emails, you know? And so then Jacob was like, 
I think we should start talking to them, you know? And um, yeah, then by February and March, we started Zoom calling, prepping to like go to the States, like in, in June, you know? And that was exactly when Corona hit. It was so oh. new, like, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, we had like, I was supposed to go to LA in April, 2020, you know? Oh my gosh. And yeah. then it all stopped. And then it all stopped. Yeah. And it was crazy. And then I was off what I knew one of the first people who signed in Corona. And that was so trippy. That was so trippy. Uh, I mean, it, I, it must've been like this, right? You're on a zoom yeah. call and you're like, okay. yeah. yeah, that's crazy. It, it was, it was really wild. It was really wild. And, and also like just the whole thing, cause I got asked about it a couple of times now in the past couple of weeks about um, for a minute and how mm-hmm. it felt when that happened and the odd, not the odd thing, but, but the sad thing was that when that song blew up, like I remember it had a million streams in the first month and that was when the protests happened, mm-hmm. you know, and when everything went down in the States and it was so weird because it was my biggest moment, you know, but there was this huge moment of the entire world. You know, everyone was plugged into every, everyone knew what was happening. And so, you know, I was, I was very like aware and conscious of the situation of the world more than ever, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and it was, it was odd. Like on one side, I was really happy, you know, that, uh, that it was happening for me, but also it wasn't a time where I felt like I could just ignore everything else and like throw my hands up. You know what I mean? To be like, yeah, yeah it's an awkward time to be like celebrating, right? Celebrating exactly. a, a success like that. Unfortunately, I mean, which sucks because it's like how cool and how huge of a success is that, especially after all the years you've been working at it. And then right, it kind of right. falls in line with something where you're like, oh, well, I don't really feel enough, but, you know? Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. And, and also, I think it was just a great time to reflect mm-hmm. and just to become aware and like also include uh, like gratitude in a different way, you know, like knowing, and especially how the, you know, more than ever, I feel like got showcased, you know, how, how black people in America have been treated and just like their position, you know, I personally never experienced racism, so I can't speak for that, but I, you know, I know enough examples from friends or from people overseas, you know, Mm -hmm. but being like, Oh wow. Like here I am, which is like, I see like in, in, in an odd way, like a, a silver lining, you know, that, you know, me as a South African, you know, as, as a black person, I'm, I have success in this time, you know, which for me then ever since then, just going forward, I want to, I want to use and use my platform and use me and my music as a sign for hope for anyone, but especially, and also like, you know, people of color who feel neglected or feel overlooked, you know? And mm-hmm. so it was, it was a, it was a bittersweet, beautiful moment you know where i was like wow this is happening it's happening to me you know i'm playing a part i get to have a voice in this whole thing you know through music through expression through shows you know and so i think you know history should teach you something you know and i hope i learned something mm-hmm. from it and uh yeah it was, it was trippy it was really trippy did that did those feelings kind of come come in is that what kind of influenced this new ep that just came out no, sounds feels, no. Uh, nothing. Okay. No, 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 no. So this is something totally different. different. And you just kind of had that and then that yeah. moment passed. And then now you, what you clear your head and you start working on the new record. 
Yeah, well, I was I was just living I was just living that like that time 2020 very presently. I felt like mm-hmm. and then I released EP uh, What About Now at the end of the year, my first mm-hmm. EP with the label, and um, and yeah, that was end of 2020. And then last year I started rolling the EP out, starting with everything last summer, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, now we're here. <laughs> now we're here. <laughs> it just put a video out I and mean, are the videos i mean obviously that's a big part of you and growing up is in shooting videos do you direct yeah. your own videos or is it all how does that I ha- work i haven't like i always come up with the concept and the idea uh-huh. and then i kind of like see where the director's at sometimes they like just expand on my idea and sometimes they're like let's do something completely different which which <laughs> Which I like, you know, I like artists who are honest and who are like, you know, I actually see this, you know, and I want, I want to have pushback, you know, otherwise I, I don't really learn. I'll just, I'll get my creative ego boosted, which is not mm-hmm. a bad thing, but um, yeah, on this one, on, on the latest video, Premature Love, I worked with Adam Munnings again, who also shot the Catch Me video from last year. And, um, he's, he's dope. I really trust him and I really love what he's up to. And I, mm-hmm. I gave him the, the idea and the concept and he really like put like that, that style, that 70s style, that cinematography, that Wes Anderson style, which I'm a yeah. huge fan of. And, um, yeah, we crushed it like in a day we shot it and I'm, I'm really happy about it. And it really brings across that feeling of the song. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's a, it's a rad video and, and the record's amazing. Uh, what do you, yeah. Do you have plans to, to tour on it? I know you've talked about doing a bunch of shows and open mic nights prior to that, but like now so people are kind of going out and doing stuff to yeah, no. like em- emphasis, emphasis on kind of, you know, I, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I sadly had to cancel my shows um, for this, for this tour. Like I had a, where silence was good tour lined up, but <sighs> but i couldn't i couldn't play that this time around but you know shows us shows us like one of if not my like the most important thing for music you know because that's how i fell in love with it like do open mics you know showcase showcasing myself and and festivals and on stage for me is like where the music lives everything else is the preparation for the show you know mm-hmm. studio press videos like to, to get give people an idea or give people a glimpse of what it could feel like to be around the music when it's live, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Well, hopefully you'll be able to reschedule that. I mean, that's unfortunate that yeah. that had to happen, but um, I appreciate your time Wiz. this has been so awesome. Thank you so much for telling me your story. Thank you for having me, Adam. Yeah. I have one more quick question for you. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Uh, so I think if anyone watched to this point and, and, and heard my story, I think it's trust your gut and trust your stupid decisions. And most importantly, allow yourself, like truly allow yourself to be, to look like a fool or if you, or if you can hide it in some way, be a fool for yourself in your arts for an extended period of time, like give yourself at least two to three years to actually like to be really bad at what you do. If it's painting ballet, ballet or music, whatever it is, like allow yourself to be bad because your favorite artist was the worst artist ever. And they embraced it, you know? And, um, and that's something, honestly, I, I still try now doing anything, going into anything, allowing myself 
to look foolish, to be curious and, and, you know, always start from that student mindset because, um, when I didn't do that, I wasn't happy. I wasn't learning, you know? And so I think that's, that's the source of, of a creative fulfillment. I feel like allowing yourself to be stupid and look stupid. That's the only way you can maybe look smart or good at it at some point. (laughs) 